Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, your Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. Okay, we got two weeks in a row. This is unprecedented. No, it's All not right. unprecedented. Let's keep it up. We're on schedule. Um, so, when did we talk about concupiscence? Was that last week or two weeks ago? Three it, weeks ago? Something. No, like it was that. a. Yeah, it was a few weeks ago. It was a while ago. But I brought up animals before the fall of Adam, and wondered, uh, what, were, were tigers eating? Oh, I think I was talking about Mark Twain's one of Mark Twain's works. And oh, that's right. The Diaries of, of Adam and Eve yeah, that he wrote. Because all of a sudden everything was mayhem and, and the the tigers had grown teeth and they were eating. The animals were eating each other and fighting and he didn't know what was going on. And you had said that yeah. most theologians agree that meat eaters existed before the fall. And right. the animals were unchanged by the fall. And I thought, well, okay, but before the fall, we kind of have this picture of an absence of pain and that uh, the idea of animals eating each other just doesn't fit into that. Doesn't seem to square with that, does it? Right. 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 So, and you know, that's, well, that's, that's really that's close. That's what leads us to the discussion of today. Yeah. So there's a... Um, an argument against the existence of God that that is put forth by some people that it's it's kind of an interesting twist on the problem of evil. Uh, usually, when people present a problem of evil kind of argument, it's it's in relation to humans. They'll say something like, uh, "Well, gee, how could a just God who has the power to prevent people from doing bad things to one another allow somebody like Hitler um, to come into existence?" Um, or Stalin, um, or or Mao Zedong, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and how could a just God allow, you, you know, people like like John Wayne Gacy and other serial killers to to get away with their stuff, or some of the things that that are done to children by um, abusive uh, caretakers, whether it's parents or whatever, or old um, people you know, by some of the people like things. Mike Dewine and. Um... And Cuomo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, how could a Cuomo come into existence, for example, or in, in a world with a just God? Or they they might even point to more natural. Well, well, how could certain diseases exist? How could cancer exist with a just God uh, and, and all the suffering it causes? Or natural disasters like floods and hurricanes and, and the way that people suffer because of that. Well, in, in the argument given to that, Typically, you know, revolves around things like, well, God wouldn't permit certain evils if he couldn't, by permitting them, bring about some greater good than that which would exist without permitting them. And, and that gets into things like the nature and, and reality of free will for humans. If humans are truly going to have free will, that includes the will to harm one another and so on and so forth. And, and then you've got the whole relationship of humans with the universe and how it changed with the fall and, and therefore natural disasters and on and on and on. Well, uh, and, and there are people, atheists, who will buy that, but then they get held up on this, this idea of uh, what they think of as useless animal suffering. So they they, they might say, well, okay, um, you know, certain animals, let's just look at the animal kingdom. Um, you know, cougars have to eat. 
All right. Yeah. And so they, and what they eat is a gazelle. So the gazelle is going to go through pain or a rabbit or whatever while the cougar is eating it um, until it is completely dead. But that serves a specific purpose. That, that rabbit's or that gazelle's specific pain in that instance serves the purpose of providing a meal for another animal. Um, but what about the case where, for example, a deer, um, you know, is, is in the woods and a, a tree falls or a log shifts and traps the deer's leg and breaks it and, and the deer is trapped and then dies a slow agony, agonizing death of hunger that nobody knows about. And that doesn't serve any direct purpose. The pain doesn't serve, serve any direct purpose for that deer in that yeah. instance. Or a deer gets what, caught uh, trying to cross on a, a frozen on a lake <laughs> or a, fe- well, okay. a cemetery yeah. gate. But, a cemetery uh, gate. <laughs> I've also seen a deer kind of frozen in the middle of a, a river with its feet I in the ice. I didn't know that. Wow. That's, stuck there. That's and curious. it's like it's, yeah. it's frozen. It can't get out. I mean, if I, I imagine... <laughs> It either melted and got loose or a dog came along and said, hey, a free meal. It's something, possibly, yeah. But but the, the idea, the, the problem presented is, well, God could have prevented that particular pain since it does any, doesn't serve any specific purpose, and yet God permits those things to happen and that pain to be suffered. Why and there's would no adjust, matter of free will God? here because the animal has right. not sinned. Yeah, because yeah, an there's animal no, can't there's sin. There's no fault on the part of the animal. The animal hasn't done anything to uh, lose some kind of uh, cosmic harmony with the universe or something. Right. Um, so th- there's there's a little bit bound up in this argument that and, and several things, each of which deserves to be addressed differently. I'm going to kind of focus more on one than the others, but but one is the there's this sort of implicit and sometimes they explicitly state that the definition of a just God, the definition of the Christian idea of a just God, which is incorrect, uh, but they state that it, that this definition includes a concept that God would order the universe in such a way as to minimize pain throughout. Well, you know, that's, there's a, we look at something like that, and and of course, as Christians, and even before Christians, as uh, as Jews, I mean, look at for example the Book of Job. We're brought up in a concept of you don't really get to decide what God would be according to God's own rules. You you don't get to decide what a just God would be because God gives you the definition of justice, not the other way around, uh, yeah. and all of the other things, goodness, beauty, and so on and so forth. So. It, it's, it doesn't work to imagine that we can understand either the mind of God or what God ought to do in any particular kind of situation with any aspect of his creation. You know, when, now, um, the th- when you, whenever you hear someone say, God wouldn't or why would God, you know that whatever's about to come out of their mouth is really saying, why would I or I wouldn't yeah. if I were God? If I if I had God's powers, here's how I would do it. That's what that's all it really means. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, you don't have God's powers, but Or his knowledge is, and wisdom. 
if you had God's powers, it would probably come with God's knowledge. And you yeah. have no idea what that would be like. So why are you talking like that? Right. It's not really um, something conceivable by us. Yeah. Now, the thing is, that is a very sound um, thing to say, but it's not really satisfying in terms of answering right. the problem of animal suffering. Uh, uh, and and it's a problem that deserves some kind of answer, um, even if we don't say, okay, we're going to tell you the mind of God. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing that, that deserves at least saying, okay, we're going to give you something that could fit with the mind of God that addresses your question. We're not going to claim this this is the whole thing or that this is exactly what God means by creation and, and how he went about things. But we're going to point out that there are reasonable uh, assertions you could make and thoughts you could have about the universe and how it works and the animal world and so on and so forth um, that fit nicely with how everything is and fit completely within the concept of a just God, or at least don't imply some kind of injustice on God's part. Okay. And so that's kind of where I want to go with, with this. Okay. And we're talking primarily so, about the pain that animals go through. Yeah. And, during and whatever. Uh, during, yeah. Especially think, you know, think in terms of, you know, sen- senseless pain, pain that doesn't, okay seem to directly serve a particular purpose. Right. Um, I had, uh, uh, I guess a year and a half ago, I had this dog that had some kind of, it was a great Dane. It had a, a <clears throat> some kind of weird disease in the muscles that close its jaw. So that oh, yeah. every time it I clamped its jaw shut, it was in extreme pain. And this dog's walking around and then all of a sudden it would behave as if I was punishing it, like, you know, hitting it or something and mm-hmm. trying to do things that it would normally do to try to please me to get me to stop yelling at him or whatever. And it would climb under the couch, which it's a big dog trying to climb under a couch or try to climb on Vicky's <laughs> lap. Up your couch. That's an even, you know, but it was, it was difficult to watch that happening. Yeah. To the point where it's like, let's either uh, euthanize her or maybe give her some kind of medicine that will make her not feel the pain. Right. That's what my inclination is to do because my only relation to it is the pain that I go through. Right. Exactly. And, you know, that that, that's actually a good segue because, you know, the, the first thing I want to talk about is what do we mean when we say animal pain? Um, I mean, it seems obvious at first glance. Well, well, everybody knows what pain is. You know, pain, you know, you hurt yourself, you cut yourself, you break a bone, whatever it is, you're in pain, you suffer, and, and you wish it would stop, and, and so on and so forth. Um, and we might say, you know, it, it, I think it's, it's useful to kind of consider the question, how do we know that animals feel pain? And Which sometimes you ask that to people, and it's... And they just laugh at it. It's such a stupid question to them. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, well, well, of course, I just told you the dog's trying not to feel pain. <laughs> exactly. That's it's. But you know, it it's like our but knowledge. They do of, have to stop you know, and actually ask the question. Yeah, because the thing is, the um, 
the reason we think we know that animals feel pain is because animals do when they are experiencing things that we know would be painful to us. A lot of the things that we do when we're in pain, I mean, we whine, we cry, we groan, uh, we, we scramble to get away. We, you know, if, if something's hot, we jerk, we jump. Um, if, if our leg hurts, we limp and so on and so forth. I mean, you know, we favor it when, when we're walking all of the, these things, uh, some of them, um, you know, with more complexity than others, some are reflexive, like immediate, and some are, you know, more, um, seem, uh, a little bit more trained and considered. Uh, but the point is the animals do these things that we do. And so yeah. we might say, well, okay, I do this because I'm in pain and my pain, you know, within my pain, this is how I try to, you know, work out the pain or, or favor it or let somebody else know about it or, you know, wh- whatever, any number of different things that we do. I mean, we can even yeah. think like a baby in pain if we know. So, so we have that sort of empathy, but here's the thing. We, we, because we are aware of our pain, we make the mistake of thinking that our actions in response to pain have anything to do with our awareness of pain. And on some level, at some point, it can. But a lot of those things that animals do that tell us that the animal's in pain are things that we would do in response to pain, even if we were not self-aware creatures. In other words, our ability to deliberate and consider and you know conceive what it would be like without pain isn't really what's causing us to do those things. It's rather a very complex, to be sure, but nonetheless autonomous it's kind of built into our nervous system to act this way we don't think about it and then come to a decision and say you know what i think i need to cry and then cry we just cry or you know jerk away or favor a limb or whatever it's just built uh, into the nervous system to do especially if our if if we have some kind of programmed in uh instinct to survive Mm mm-hmm Right. To get away from the thing that's causing pain so that we can live. Yeah. And so the reality is that we have the same ability as animals to experience pain on a sensory neural level, including the very complex neurological responses to pain, the brain activity the um, and the various things, plus the concept of of you know, memory, you know, certain things are painful. We learn that after it happening a few times. So we avoid it, um, or become wary of it. We don't like to go, uh, you know, if you're a child and you've gotten burned three times, um, by a, uh, pot that was sitting on the stove that, you know, your mom has boiling water after the third time you touch it, you're probably just thinking, yikes, that's a dangerous part of the house. And you don't even want to go near the stove. I got Um, some kids who would just keep getting burned. You just keep doing. Yeah, well, you know what? And there's some animals like that as well. So, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> so, but the thing is, we share because we are animals. We share in the animals' uh, neural, sensory, um, and and even neurological, the brain activity responses, reactions to pain. But we have the added benefit of being able to reflect on those and be aware of them. 
it, so it's not like animals are participating in our awareness of pain. It's more that we are able to reflect on our own participation in the standard biological reactions to pain that occur in all animals. You know, it would be but, fitting to point out that um, when God created all of this, he started in the Bible with, with these plants and animals that don't really do much and mm-hmm. built and yeah, built creepy and crawlies built. and so forth. Yeah. And then after everything was big higher. and small and all kinds of stuff, then he said, okay, now I'm going to make something special. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a whole new thing, but it was the pinnacle of all that he made. And that's why right. we share a lot of the same things with animals like chromosomes yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, brains and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a good point. And in fact, that kind of that kind of ties into my next point, um, because you could ask the question, well, OK, so pain is a reality. And rather than thinking that animals have our experience of pain, we should say, well, actually, it's just that we're able to reflect on a process of pain that also happens to occur in animals, but they don't reflect on it the way we do. But one could say, why put it there at all? Why make something, why create a process within, you know, biological entities, animals, that we call pain, that we could, that if reflected upon would be, you know, so torturous, um, and then allow that to, in individual instances, not serve any particular purpose. And that's where we need to get a little bit more, um, I guess, philosophical and talk about a, uh, there's a concept in philosophy called teleology. It's kind of like a study of purpose for things. Okay. And so we can talk about, you know, various species of things, humans, angels, the natural world, the inanimate world, the, the animal world, the plant world, all these different things. And we talk about their telos or purpose. Um, and when we kind of reflect on that, it starts to yield a little bit of a sort of deeper clue about, about why that is. Okay. Now, one of the things is if we just stop thinking about animals for a minute and think about the universe and think about us and how we learn things, how we even, even how we learn to relate to God. Um, but often, you know, we, we come to some knowledge, some intuition of God, whether it's an intuition based on gratitude and intuition based on wonder or whatever, by observing the physical world. But our success at observing, at living in, at being, you know, uh, stewards of and so forth, the physical world relies on the physical world having a certain intelligibility, which means that it has to work according to rules. And okay. so we uncover, we discern these rules, we notice patterns, we figure out why the patterns occur. Um, you know, we've, we've got whole branches of physics now that are, you know, almost beyond imagining themselves. Uh, yeah. Plus we've got, uh, you know, biology that studies the the plant and animal kingdoms and 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 how all the various kinds of living things in the world interact um we've got 
cosmology and studies of the stars and how, you know, stars form and, and galaxies form. And, and, and we're just exploring all of this, all of this stuff, but none of it would make any sense. We wouldn't even have enough knowledge um, to do things like build a simple bridge across a river if the world didn't behave according to consistent natural laws. Right. And so that's one of the things to understand is that that's, that's kind of the baseline is an intelligible world that behaves according to consistent natural laws. God desired us to be able to uh, discover his creation and in it some aspect of himself. And, in, and part of that desire is how he set up the physical world. So there's, there's a purpose to that. And that purpose can't be served by just making things that go willy-nilly without consistent you know, yeah. physical laws. So when we think about animals, you know, possibly being trapped in, in ice or on a cemetery gate with, with spikes sticking up or whatever, um, that's kind of part of that thing. That's just part of the physical world that it behaves according to those rules. And or, so uh, people trying to jump over a gate and getting impaled or, or getting people, stuck in exactly. ice. And... <laughs> that's right. The same thing. Um, yeah. or, you know, caught in avalanches or whatever. So I have, I have a serious fear of avalanches. I, I do why not Why would you fear? want to go You're, skates, no, you're never skating. anywhere that an avalanche no, can I, happen. I know. I never will be either. Oh, like you won't go like skiing on the, in the Rockies or anything? Right. Like, right. That's just I won't even never... go there if it's not summer. I'm not going. Oh, wow. Or okay. maybe fall. Maybe fall. But before snow, yeah. I, I'm not going somewhere where there's snow and it could all fall on me. And I... I just can't imagine that. That much snow well, there's parts, coming down. There's parts of the, you know, Rockies that there's always snow, you know. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't go there. But oh, I okay. I think about the <laughs> the early settlers or heck, the Indians. I mean, they lived in these places. Yes. And the avalanches, yeah. I mean, they they happened. They knew to they be happened quiet a lot. too. Especially yeah. during the melting seasons, they knew, hey, don't don't talk. Don't, you know, if you how were a settler, they, you learn not to fire a gun. How did the families keep giving birth to more families? With when I'm look at, I look at statistics to how many avalanches there are in some of these areas, and it's like, well, I guess maybe they just didn't go to those places to live. I don't know, but uh, or they it would, would seem they like would most people would be wiped out. Yeah, they they might reserve maybe, them like for hunting during the safe seasons. Yeah. Maybe people who live in that area uh, are afraid of tornadoes and floods. Yeah, could be know. something like that. <laughs> you know, because those happen and those kill people. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They you don't know, scare I, I, me. You, I, I've been in might, a flood. It doesn't scare me. Yeah, what I, I that would be actually be interesting. How, how many? I mean, does it happen or has it happened frequently that? that like villages are destroyed by avalanches or does it tend to be just loners who are kind of happen to be out on, on the hill or in the valley below when it happened. Yeah. So, you know, may, maybe just people knew where not to build their hut or something. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Bit of a uh, sideline. So, yeah, so, sorry. okay. So we've got the telos of the natural world and, and it's intelligibility. It needs to work, you know, according to, basic laws that don't just get interrupted all the time. Otherwise we wouldn't be able to rely on things and build stuff and develop right. technology and cell phones and so on and so forth. So then we can start talking, applying the same questions about uh, that 
to animals. And we can think of the telos of animals. And when you think about it, the thing about the animal world, and, and this occurs, I mean, this is true whether you're talking about um, the, the lower animals that you might not, you know, they're, they're scientifically they're part of the animal kingdom, but most people don't even think of them as animals. I'm talking like, like bugs. bugs and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whether you're talking about that or talking about the higher animals, like, you know, bears and, and uh, uh, elk and so forth. Yeah. Um, the telos of the animal kingdom, plant kingdom as well, but the animal kingdom is bound not so much with individual animals as it is with populations of animals. Mm-hmm. The purpose of those animals being there is to be a population because of how that population, and of course it's not a strict, balanced, never-changing system that, you know, Populations are coming into existence and, and dying out and, and new ones replace other ones in terms of serving their, their role within the, 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 uh, you know, the, the ecology of the various parts of the world and so on and so yeah. forth. But animals matter as populations, not as individuals. Now, we have a pet, and you go, wait a minute, my dog matters as an individual dog. That's my dog, you know. Okay, yeah, right. that's, that's we, but that's us assigning that that telos to that dog. Now, now we've assigned a purpose of this dog to be my pet and to behave according to my rules and my expectations and, and, and for me to take care of and so on and so forth. But in terms of God's creation of the animal kingdom, its purpose has to do with populations of animals, not individual animals. Now, in order for the population to thrive, however, the individuals have to have some ability to themselves thrive because it's the individuals that give rise to the populations. They got to live long enough to, to grow to adulthood and then to, uh, to reproduce and so on and so forth. So that's where you start seeing, okay, what would it take for individual animals in a world with a lot of seemingly random things happening? I mean, it's, it's a, it's a bustling world. It's, it's a world where, It's full of rules and, and natural laws that are always followed and yet somehow chaotic as, as a, you know what I mean? It's, it's right. Um, it's, it, it's just kind of the way it is. It's, 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 it's like bursting with possibilities that are always coming into existence and, and new things are happening all the time. So an individual animal has to be able to respond to that in order to grow to adulthood. So they've got to be able to, to find food. They've got to, you know, a deer has to be able to wander to where the grasses are. Um, So it's got to have legs to walk, but, but there's a lot of things that could harm that deer. So it has to have an ability to have receptors that uh, give it a warning based on the severity of what's going on. Those are pain receptors. And then the response to that is complex It'll jump away or it'll run or it'll remember not to go into a certain area again or something like that. I think some animals are better at that kind of memory than others, but I think many of the higher animals develop that sort of thing. Right. Um, and so this this sort of sensory neural uh, system with all of these different receptors, many of which are pain receptors, either pressure pain or interior pain like like broken bones or uh, 
belly pains from eating bad food or any number yeah. of things, the, the whole thing is designed to promote that animal's ability to, uh, to strive towards some kind of perfection. Uh, that perfection being that animal's coming to adulthood, reproducing, and so on and so forth. So it allows that animal to resist or to avoid or to um, respond in some way that, that gets it out of dangerous situations, um, but in extremely complex ways that, that when we, because we can, you know, we're aware of it when we do it. And so when we see the same kinds of things in those animals, it's it's so complex that that we are fooled into believing that the animal is reacting out of an awareness of the pain in the sense that we're awareness aware of it yeah but like i said at the beginning if we really took a moment to stop and consider our own process it's not our awareness that causes us to react that way we react that way out of biological instinct and sometimes necessity and it's actually our awareness that sometimes allows us to act against that biological instinct and necessity in order to, um, you know, for example, um, in the case like if you're in a, a building fire and you're with a loved one, let's say, you know, your child. Well, you might cover your child, allow yourself to be burned so that your child doesn't get burned. That's, you know, yeah. something a, yeah. a person might do. An animal won't. Do that now. Well, th there may be cases where animals do do it, like a mother, uh, a mother, you know, lion. I, I don't know how, right. how you know much lions are family wise. You know, a pride of lions, but a mother lion maybe in a forest fire, she would save her young rather and and sacrifice herself. That you right. know, there may be animals that do that. That's a species preservation instinct. Um, right. Consider a coyote. Uh, we talk about coyote, they get their paw trapped and they'll, they'll, their instinct to be free is so strong that they'll chew their paw off. Now, consider a human in a similar situation, knowing that they need to get free. Um, if they had a mechanism to cut their hand off, it's not a given that a person's going to be able to even make themselves do that. And that's the point, is that a right. person thinks about that and is aware of that pain. The coyote, the pain is there while he's doing it. But he's acting under an instinct that places the need to get away above that pain. The pain is just a fact of doing what it needs to do. Right. Um, so you know, anyway, it, that's mm -hmm. it. When you talk like that, um, the thing is, there, 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 there's no like solid proof that this is the way it is. Um, but and 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 some people might hear this argument and, and again just kind of laugh at it and say well i don't know all i know is the dog yelps when i kick his ass. <laughs> the dog yelps when i kick it so mm -hmm. it must be feeling pain and the idea that maybe pain isn't experienced the same way is uh is something that they don't uh even consider but it's not like the knowledge and feeling of pain are the only ways that we differ from these animals. And sometimes it's a matter of degrees, but there are so many things that, there are so many ways that we differ from animals that it's really not that big of a stretch. For example, art and music. Mm -hmm. Animals right. can't 
not only can they not make art and music, they can't even appreciate it. It and 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 I re- I remember watching a show on uh it was a show about the brain and they were talking about animals and the fact that they were trying to find a musical animal, any animal animal that could um I think they were they were relying mostly on the anticipation of a rhythm. So they might train an animal to do a certain oh. thing when it hears a beat, but they can't make an animal dance with a beat because it doesn't anticipating the coming beat. Um, they well, were doing know, things that's... like that. And it was like, I think they finally found one single parrot that would uh, move with a beat, uh, but that's well, it. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, um, it, it was I, I was neat. about to say, um, my son Jeremy yeah. had a parrot, and now... You know, for everybody, um, when I married my wife, she already had three children by a prior marriage, which was annulled and everything. But uh, her oldest, Jeremy, he had a parrot when I met her. And that parrot would bop its head in rhythm to certain Elton John songs. Huh. How about that? (laughs) And and what's funny is that you said finally the one animal. uh Uh-huh. What's meant? Stuck in his mouth, and it's like long ways. He can't get it out. Oh, I think he just got it. Is he it's, choking? He's choking? He's not choking. He is breathing. What was he eating? A piece of that bone. I guess like the big long one, you know? Come here. Come here, Come Bam. Here. I'm going to try to open it. We're going to try to reach in. Uh, maybe it's just in his jaw. Oh, there. I see it. I see it. Okay. Is it just stuck in his yes, roof it's of his up, mouth? Yes, like flat against the roof of his mouth. Okay. So he's not choking. But it's hurting him. This is weird that this is happening I during know, this I podcast. Know. Right while we're well, talking we about this. You have to explain what's going on when you get back on. Okay. If I give you a knife, can you stick it in there and pry it loose real quick? Can you get a boy? How about a spoon? Banjo, I'm gonna help you, okay? Knife. I'm gonna help you, baby dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think he's... Come here, Banjo. Let's try. We're gonna try to fix it, okay? You're not in trouble. Did you get it? Yeah, I think I got it. There it is! Yay! All right. Yay! We got it, Banjo. <laughs> the dog's not gonna die. I didn't know what to do. He started like. All right. Oh, yep. Go. <laughs> yeah, and then you gotta tell that story because. <laughs> So what? Okay. So you got to explain folks. what happened, though. So, um, yeah. So here's what happened. We're doing this podcast, and Vicky, my wife, comes in saying, "Help! I need help now." And I'm like, "Okay, what? The dog? There's something wrong with the dog." So um, I guess it was chewing on one of those rawhide bones, and my dog mm-hmm. doesn't—he doesn't chew it. He actually breaks it up and eats it. Oh. And a piece of that had gotten caught. Like, it had wedged itself between uh, either side of its mouth, like in the roof of its mouth, between two teeth. Oh, like between the, 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 the teeth on either side? Yeah. So it had wedged itself in there, and he couldn't get out. Well, we couldn't see that. What we're thinking is maybe it's caught back in its throat, and it can't get it out. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to see if he's choking and I'm reaching my hand down into its throat to see if I can feel anything. And with a dog whose jaws are strong enough to break those bones, uh, it's getting difficult. (laughs) But finally I 
we saw in the roof of its mouth this giant bone shard that was just kind of lodged there. So I took a plastic knife and shoved it in there and pried it loose. And that's what was it. it but again, it was disturbing seeing the dog. Yeah, because he's... Act the way it's acting, because it's trying to get it out. It's not complaining. It's just trying to get mm-hmm. the bone out, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, well... Doing things that looked like it was in distress of, yeah. Right. So And it it's odd that that happened right when we're talking about all this, but um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what happened a couple minutes ago. <laughs> now, here, he's fine here's, now, though. Actually... <laughs> He's that's, looking that's for his interesting... bone. We had to throw it away, though, because he keeps doing that. And like, no more oh. rawhide. Actually, no, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. That's not a... We threw all the rawhide bones away. I think that, you know, you buy those great big... Uh, I guess they're like cow bones at the grocery store for dogs. They're yeah. giant now, are you bones. Talking about, are you talking about the bones, or are you talking about the, the hides that they'll dry out? Well, the hides... Are what we stopped buying because okay. this keeps happening. This was okay. this was an actual bone. Oh wow! But they're the great big ones that I guess are from like a cow or a horse or something, and they've got I even see. a little bit of meat left on them. But yeah. hey, give him a couple days and he'll bite through those too. <laughs> it's a small dog too. I don't get it. That's interesting. <laughs> well, you know that that. Oh gosh, my that reminds me of uh um Uncle Tony uh used to have a dog and he was telling me that y- you know those bones that are those uh, steaks that have like the the um the round bone in the middle like the I, I guess it's a ribeye or whatever uh, yeah. but you know yeah, okay. like a ribeye or like a ribeye yeah, yeah it's, it so anyway that he, he had given the dog you know one of those or something like that and the dog uh, was chewing on it or whatever and got it like wedged like towards the back like yeah. between his, his jaws so that his mouth was stuck way open and he <laughs> couldn't get it out. Uncle Tony had to reach in with a pair of pliers and basically put the dog in a headlock and go in with a yeah. pair of pliers and break it to get it out. <laughs> That's about what I had to do but I... That sounds similar. I'm good at grabbing them under the jaw to make them open their mouth. But you know, I had a... You know, I had an old sheepdog that, and I won't let any uh, kids give the dogs a rib because I had fed this sheepdog a rib and all of a sudden it started acting all crazy and it was kind of at the point where it was starting to pass out when I was able to get my hand in there and pull the rib. It would just stuck right there in its its, uh, throat. Yeah, I, I guess, guess if I hadn't been there, it would have died. I guess. Yeah, but you know that makes you think. Okay, dogs and wolves, you know, in the wild and stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah these they are natural they go things first. That happen. Yeah, they go first for the soft tissue, but but then they'll they'll know on the bones and stuff like that. Um, and sure, they, these kinds of things will happen and they'll die, and and they'll suffer before they die. I mean, that you know, but um, yeah. Oh gosh, you know what? That reminds me. I, I I've got to tell this because it's like. Okay. I went to communion one time, and usually I, I tend to be one who, who, especially if the host is small, if it's big, I'll, I'll chew it. But if the host is small, I'll just let it soften a little bit on my tongue and then swallow it. Well, yeah. you know, I, I'm a fidgeter, and so, I mean, I, I mess with things. And so I, I got the host, and it, it was like somehow it slipped off my tongue 
uh, in my mouth and, and back like just on the inside of my uh, teeth, like not on the outside, but on the inside of my teeth, but back between my teeth and tongue in the very back to where my yeah. tongue was not able to manipulate it to move it forward. And I'm, I'm, it's like I'm just working, working, walking back to my pew, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what am I? I'm going to have to stick my finger in my mouth right in front of everybody, and I'm just thinking, yeah, Jesus is just sitting there laughing. Hi, I got you now, don't I? You know, <laughs> this was for talking back to your parents, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um. But you know what you were you you were saying before kind of ties in with the next point you know where I was going and and this is is interesting okay so this happened to your dog let let's talk about the 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 hides that that you used to give him so stuff like this would happen you'd have to take care of it but did the dog ever stop eating the hides because of stuff like this no and you wouldn't expect him to right I stopped now, giving him here's to the him. thing yeah you had to stop he wasn't going to stop. And that's that kind of comes into my next point, which is that the thing that allows us to truly experience pain as suffering that animals lack is the ability to contemplate and deliberate about things. Um, so, for example, when an animal is in a state of pain, you know, if, if we're in pain, you know, like you broke your arm, it's like you're waiting at the ER and it's just hurting and you're waiting to, you know, get a shot or whatever uh, to make the pain go away. And But the thing is, you know what it, it would be like to not have that pain. You miss yeah. that. You You have an ability to contemplate it and to contemplate its absence. Animals don't have that. When there is pain, that pain is just there. It's part of their existence. They're not contemplating a world without pain like we do. Yeah. And the proof, here's the thing, we, we, all of the stuff that I've said about how animals experience pain, like I said at the very beginning, this, it's, it's not like we can prove all that. Rather, it's a reasonable explanation for why a just God would set the world up the way it is. Yeah. But when it comes to this, this, this concept of deliberation, I think there is a little bit of something of a proof. It's a soft proof, but it's one of those things that okay. if you think about how you act towards animals, you you believe this. Even if you say, well, gee, there's nobody who can prove that. Well, the fact is you act as though it's already proven and everybody in the world does. And it, it's exactly this. So think about, for example, uh, training uh, dogs. We can housebreak mm -hmm. dogs. We can establish patterns. Okay, they have to go outside in order to go. Well, and then they, when they have to go, they go to the door and they whine or they claw or they just sit there till somebody notices them, whatever, but they're trained. Okay. Um, and you can also train them that they have to do something before they're allowed to get fed. So, you know, you can do that. And there's all kinds of wonderful things we train animals to do, but think about this. Let's say you have a dog and you take the dog out and the dog will go pee, let's say he's going to pee, but he's not going to do the other thing. And you can, you know, that time out, now he's peed and now he's done being out that time. And you can, you can stand there for five minutes. He's not going to do the other. You bring him in and immediately he has to go back out again because he has to do the other thing. And that's a separate trip. Yeah. Now there may be ways that you could train the dog to do both at once. You could, you could just wait 10 minutes instead of five minutes or something like that. Okay. That, you know, that, 
there may be various things you could do. But here's the thing that you're not going to, that's never, ever going to work on any dog whatsoever. You go out, you give him your, his, you know, two minutes, five minutes, whatever you're going to give him. He doesn't do the other thing. So you bring him back in. And when he has to go out immediately, you say, nope. And you wait an hour before you take him back out. Now, if dogs had an ability to deliberate and contemplate, the dog would learn, the dog would think ahead about that discomfort of having to go and it would take care of both business while it's out there. But that technique will never result in a dog changing its behavior because it doesn't have the ability to form those connections. It requires too much. It requires actual conscious deliberation. It's not right. just the standard patterning that you use when you train a dog to do all the wonderful things that you can train a dog to do. Now, there's another thing that proves that people don't really believe animals contemplate and deliberate. Let's say your dog gets out of the house. The door's open. The dog notices nobody's by it. He bolts. Okay. Maybe he's a bolter. He's just always, you know, if there's an opportunity, he bolts. It's just some instinct for freedom. He wants to run the neighborhood. There's a favorite lake he has or whatever. He just bolts. Okay. Now here's the thing. You may or may not decide to punish your dog for bolting. Maybe if maybe if he bolts and you catch him before he gets away, you punish him because it's kind of in the moment and you say, oh, I'm going to punish you for bolting or whatever. But here's yeah. the thing. When we punish animals, we don't ever do it from a consideration of premeditation. When we punish humans, we consider that, especially for murder. We, you know, murder in the moment versus prior intent matters when we come up with a punishment we never consider that when it comes to animals you mean like the dog didn't plan to bolt yeah we we never say you know what okay you bolted that time it was just opportunistic you noticed it but uh you know this time you were actually thinking about it you were scheming a way to be in the right place so that you could bolt when the opportunity came so i'm going to punish you harder for it we never approach that with any aspect of training or anything for animals this concept of premeditation because dogs don't meditate dogs don't sit there and imagine bolting and then figure out a way to create the circumstances and do it or anything like that um you know dogs uh, may what's... pick up on patterns and and they may follow you know they may observe a certain pattern that oh wait a minute this follows this follows this and then through an instinct, they do whatever the pattern requires, but we don't treat anything as premeditation. We also don't, uh, well, some people try to, it doesn't work when you train on reflection. Um, when the oh, dog right. bolts, too when long, it comes back and you punish yeah. it when it comes back, all you're doing it is telling it don't come back. You're punishing it for coming back then. That's why, yeah, the once dog the dog's gone. not make that connection. You, Right, you've lost that. Now, you know, get, get the dog a, a, a hot dog or a treat or something and, and reward the dog for coming back. That, that's what you got to right. do because that's, that's as far as dogs can think or, or, you know, understand. That's as far as their experience. Um, now, there's some trainers that say, you know, if you can catch a bad act within like, some say even up to as long as a half hour, you can still yeah. punish it and it can still be meaningful. I don't know whether it's a half hour or it's really more like five minutes. There's... You know, I do know there is a certain amount of time, but it's right. Yeah. But you can never say, you know, hey, 
you're getting less food today because you bolted yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, we work. ground kids. We, we sit kids on the steps for a few minutes, even starting at the age of two or three. And by the time they're seven or eight, we'll ground them for bad behavior. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, and we expect them to understand and make the connection. You know, we... When we, I was... Uh... We know that when kids don't necessarily parent, change their behavior. Mm-hmm. When we were young parents, I, I, you know, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking that these kids are like animals, and you have to, you, you punish them right then and there, so that they know this is what they're not supposed to do. And right. I think it was at the age of four or five when um, I introduced the concept of grounding. So it's like, okay, you. Through a fit, and aside from going to timeout, now you won't get the computer for an entire day. And I remember having the argument with uh, Vicky on whether or not that would work because the because of the amount of time between what they did and the pun- this long lasting punishment. But the fact is, it it did work. Mm-hmm. Even at five years old, it worked. But it it would yeah. be stupid to do that to a dog. It doesn't work with a dog. Right. Right. I could put and, him in a cage and, and immediately, but not leave him there but for not, any yeah. length of time. He's not going to sit and think, oh, well, that was a dumb thing to do. Okay, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll get the, the, uh, the pattern connection of do that, go in the cage. And then once he's in the cage for a few minutes, long enough to forget why he's in the cage, there's no point in keeping him there longer. It's right. the recurrence, the recurrence of the pattern that, that, establishes itself for the dog yeah so um so anyway that's and and that's the other point is that you know animals don't contemplate they you know their experience is just what's there before them um it's it's you know experience itself is a different kind of a concept for animals because they don't have an ability to either deliberate on their own roles or contemplate uh, anything different than what is right now or anything like that, even though because of the truly awesome pattern matching powers and pattern recognition powers of the mammal brain and even not the mammal brain, but, but um, you know, even like bird Birds brains and, and stuff, yeah. you know, I, uh, because of, of much of that kind of stuff, um, animals do things that, that are truly wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. But, they don't deliberate or contemplate. So yeah. that's basically the the argument. And like I said, it's not a a it's not a proof. It's a reasoned explanation for just one model of the physical and natural world that allows what we think of as senseless animal suffering, but permitted by a just God and a yeah. just all powerful and all knowing God. And so it's, you know, basically the universe has to have rules that apply. That's to make it intelligible. The telos of animals is involved in populations. The telos of an animal's ability to react to pain is at the service of the population of animals, not at the service of the individual. It's the individual who, you know, by thriving achieves the population. And at the very least... All of us agree that animals do not deliberate, reflect, and contemplate the way we do. There are probably some people out there who think animals do do all of those things. Um, those people do not 
work with animals. Yeah. So well, you got the the dog psychologist. I don't. They have their own shows now. Some of them. Uh, who? I I think I caught like five minutes of one. I thought it was kind oh, of silly. things like so the I, dog whisperer and stuff like that. Yeah, the dog whisperer. I think there was a yeah there was a King of Hill uh, episode with the dog whisperer. Um, Ladybird started buying uh, biting people out of out of the blue. It ended up she had gone deaf and oh was I guess the idea there was that it was being uh, she was being startled and when someone would touch her it would startle her and that's why she was biting. she would bite oh okay yeah, which I've seen dogs do <laughs> yeah you know uh, all right. <sighs> On that subject of pain, I, I have mm-hmm. another weird weird phobia. I'm I'm afraid of surgery because I'm afraid that when they put you to sleep, all they really do is two things. Keep you from moving and keep you from remembering what's going on. But so they'll actually be aware of it while it's going on? Right. So during surgery, the drug makes it so that you're aware of everything that's going on, but you won't remember it. And I brought up that fear, and Jason's like, well, well, so what? Who cares if that's true? You don't remember it. And I said, well, I, but it'll happen. That doesn't mean I want to go through it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, I mean, having gone through surgery myself, I have absolutely no proof to offer you that that's not the case. Yeah, nobody can. Now, what I can say is that in, there's an extremely rare um, phenomenon uh, where people, I, I think, actually do wake up out of anesthesia and remain unable to move. Yeah, I saw a, I saw that in a show, and uh, that's what brought on this fear of mine. And oh, I thought, well, maybe right. that's okay. everyone. It's just this person was able to remember, and that's what's different about that person. But I think uh, could be. I think that happened to either Kathy or Alexandria. Really? Either Kathy or During her what daughter. What kind of surgery? Mouth. Something was being done to their mouth, like like wisdom teeth, or I I, I can't remember now. Oh, okay. something like that. Something weird. I'll have mm-hmm. to I have to ask him because I forget exactly what happened. But uh, I don't think maybe it was like. But they the didn't Nova feel came. pain though. Oh, I think they okay. were aware, but they weren't feeling the pain, but they were aware of what was going on. And then I think the anesthesiologist realized that they were starting to wake up, so they gave them more and medicine. I don't know. Little, something like okay. that. You know, I would I would expect that to be Kathy. She has one of those, like, super, super gag reflexes, if anything's in her mouth. Yeah. If, if you've ever been around her when she brushes her teeth, it's kind of nasty yeah, to listen to. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> so I could imagine that they had to just put her under completely if she had like wisdom tooth surgery or something like that. Uh, I had a couple wisdom teeth removed and they didn't put me under. They just Novocaine me up real well. Are you and kidding so I was me? Kind of, oh, they put no. me under. No, they, they and it was kind of cool. They, they drill into the tooth because I, I was like kind of paying attention to what wow. they were doing. And they what they do is they drill into the tooth to create a hole that they then take uh, – Kind of like it, like a pin, um, like you know, a, a punch. Like an awl. Think of it as a punch, and they okay. stick it in the hole and just pry your tooth out of the root, out of the jaw. Okay. 
And that's basically how they do it. And I confirmed with him afterward. I said, is this how, is this what you did? Cause that's what it seemed like he was doing. He said, yeah, that's how we do that. So, and, and then uh, they'll check and make sure that there's no pieces of the tooth left in or anything like that. Cause they, then they might have to drill that out a little bit more or whatever. But they, uh, but, they put me under, uh, I didn't they, I thought see, they gave I don't me know. Like nitrous oxide, like laughing gas. No, no, no. They put me yeah, under, but put I don't under. know if it was. See, I don't know the difference between putting under and Twilight. Oh, okay. I think Twilight, you wouldn't remember that either, would you? I don't know. I've, you know, I think I've heard of Twilight, but I've never actually specifically known what they mean by it. Like maybe almost it's under. like isn't isn't it's Twilight almost like, under. So with isn't a that Twilight, where like sometimes you talk and like you might say stuff that's embarrassing? Huh. So they have to almost like treat it like a like a priest's confessional sort of thing, like you know that they promise not to talk. Oh, about. <laughs> because you say things. I do know that people say a lot of weird things under Twilight, but um, I think that happens when they also when they put you under and you're waking up. But like oh, okay. with some surgeries, they have to put you under because you can't be moving or anything. But with Twilight, right, right, I think right. you're still qu- kind of able to move around and follow directions, but you don't. You don't seem you to be don't feeling really remember any pain it after, okay, or remember it. And I well, think uh, it takes a certain license to administer the twilight medicine and a and another license to actually put a person under. That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's why they would use one rather than the other. Well, if I ever need more surgeries, I'm going to ask if I can have a local. Okay, I mean, that would be weird if it's like heart surgery. Obviously, that it would. Yeah. Be, but like knee surgery or anything like that, I'm gonna. In fact, if I ever have knee surgery, I'm gonna ask. Can I sit up and watch? But um, uh, I don't would not want to do that. They really they did a local on me when they took my bullet out, and that was bad enough, gross enough, huh? It was weird. Okay, you know what? You can't just, just drop that, guys. He wasn't in some kind of gang war. I was. I was in a gang war. And, and, it, and it wasn't even the bullet. It wasn't the bullet anyway. <laughs> I don't know. What was that, 12 or 13? Something like I, that. I didn't, you know, Dad took a shooting every once in a while, but we didn't know about guns. We didn't mm-hmm. really, we didn't know anything about them. All I knew is there's a bullet there, but what comes out of the gun inside. is not that thing. There's yeah. There's a bullet and a shell. And I had right. I wanted a bullet without the shell because I'd never seen one, and I wanted to know. Oh, what I that thought was you like. wanted the gunpowder inside. No, I wanted I wanted to see a bullet, bullet that didn't have a okay. shell that had been shot right. almost. So I was gonna take them apart. Now this is yeah. twenty two. I didn't understand <laughs> the idea a pair of, of a rimfire. <laughs> oh, uh, that's right. That's right. It was. I said like a vice and a pair of pliers, right? Yeah, that was my idea, but I didn't know what a rimfire was. So I started put I put it in the vise and I just started tightening it, and then all of a sudden, bang! And I'm like, huh, huh. And then I look down and there's this little hole in my arm, and I'm like, oh crap! That could have like, now they're gonna know I have anywhere. a bullet, huh? <laughs> that could have gone into your. I mean, that could have hit you in the chest. Yeah, or that could have gone in my eye, or it went all oh, the way. My. And it it was the shell, not the bullet. <clears throat> Yeah, and that's what the, I was saying. It wasn't even the bullet. It was the shell. <laughs> yeah, and it, well, you know, it went all the way up. to the bone and stopped. Yeah. It was resting on the bone. But I didn't know, I didn't know there was from, anything uh, there. I was just like, I don't know. I showed mom, and she thought I was kidding around. I said, no, I think I got shot. 
And so <laughs> I think I think that. I shot myself. I think I shot well, myself. She picked, she picked me up from college like that weekend. And I got into the car and the first thing she said, now this is guys back before the days of cell phones. In fact, this was the day if you wanted the call. It was long distance. It cost yeah. more money. So we just didn't, money. you know, we didn't, it wasn't like instant. Oh yeah, something happened. Hurry up and call everybody. You know, nothing like that. No Facebook or anything. Yeah. So anyway, she picked me up from, from college. I was a freshman at the time. And the first, I got in the car and she said, well, your brother Eric shot himself. And I had this horrible thought in my mind that, that, oh no, he tried to commit suicide or something like that. <laughs> uh, dates. So. They told Pee-wee, uh, me and Pee-wee, my cousin Pee-wee, uh, we grew up together. We did everything together. We've talked but about He got before. home from school, and my aunt said, oh, Eric shot himself. He went to his bedroom crying. He thought I was dead. He, oh, All gosh. he heard was Eric shot himself. Oh, my. And he just took it to its natural conclusion. But see, we could have just skipped over all that. We could have just said, yeah, that's when they took the bullet out and left it at that and people would think I'm real cool and I got in some kind of gang war and now now I look like an idiot. Well, oh well. I think we're at the end of the subject. I right? think we've exhausted the topic, yeah. Okay. Uh let's talk about the news. So uh, so we talked about Cuomo. Yeah, he's. I get New York State Assembly's Judiciary Committee is authorized to initiate an impeachment investigation into sexual misconduct allegations against Cuomo. Um, you know, and and I guess you know a lot of other people are calling for his investigation or whatever. Look, I. I saw the allegations against, or I, I saw like two of the allegations against him, and they're not—they're mm-hmm. not real strong. Like, like a guy who likes to hug a lot, you can imagine this happening and it not really being that big a deal. I, you know, the—I even heard um, someone talking about it, and and you know, his—they his, were kind of pouncing on his response it's like why these three when i mean i do this all the time and they were kind of treating it like he's admitting that he's a creep all the time but to me it doesn't sound it i mean okay i don't like cuomo he's a he's 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 a creep in other ways he he you know he killed a bunch of old people tried to cover up that kind of stuff but it didn't sound like that's what this i mean it's not even like he's uh you know uh Joe Biden liking to sniff women's hair or yeah. anything even like that. Or creepy. Bill Clinton just, raping people. Uh, or, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> even even it, just sex or like right. it, trying to get sex. It was just. It's just like I he, I, one of those people that that, you know, greets with a kiss and hugs a lot. I, there are people like that. We had an uncle who insisted on hugging you every time he saw you. And most of the time would also give you He'd a give neck you a kiss. kiss. I yeah. hated that so much. Yeah. Don't kiss my neck. It's gross when guys kiss other guys' necks. I know. I know. But he did it every time. A, ki- a cheek know. kiss would be okay, well, but not a neck kiss. <laughs> yeah. It's, but uh, anyway, I. The thing is, it, it bugs me that they're that they're even talking about that, this. This man yeah. killed thousands of old people. He killed them. They would yeah. not be dead if it weren't for him, and nobody's talking about that. Well, this this people are talking thing. about the 
the left-wing news isn't talking about that. And nobody's going right. after him for that. For that, no. Me. But somehow they've seized on this, this harassment claim by his staffers because, I don't know. It, yeah. It's, the thing is, I don't, what's the purpose of it? It's, is it? Is this the left's way of getting rid of somebody they know is a bad actor without wanting to acknowledge the particular manner in which he was a bad actor? And so they're sort of concocting something else is that what this is i don't i don't quite get it is that's is the thing, kind you know? of the feeling i get but i don't know i mean maybe maybe he just uh made the wrong person angry you know uh, yeah and so something they're, that we they're don't it up and we'll never know about but right it's it, the whole thing is weird and yeah uh yeah. i hope cuomo's gone no matter why but i think he should yeah. answer he, he needs for to the be gone but deaths. it should be it should be for the right reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, moving on. The family of George Floyd uh, settles their lawsuit against the city of Minneapolis for $27 million. Okay. So these people are getting $27 million. Uh, the, because... On, yeah. the, on the other hand, the trial against that cop is just starting. Right. We have no idea what's going to come out of that. Now this um, was a settlement, not not a uh, yeah. So a there wasn't trial. even a now, trial or anything, right? Now why don't they here's fight the thing. these things? Well, here's why. Okay, so first of all, you've got the trial. That's going to happen. Now I'm, I'm going to kind of explain this just so people know that because they might not be aware of this, um, and you might even like like recall back to the O.J. Simpson thing too as a reference. So on the one hand, you've got the criminal charges against the policeman. That's a criminal trial. And in order for him to be found guilty, he's got to be uh, convicted by a jury who believes beyond a reasonable doubt. Each one individually believes beyond a reasonable doubt that he's guilty. Um, or each one individually does not believe that, you know, that he it's been established beyond yeah. a reasonable doubt. And then they would acquit, but that's the standard. That's the the standard of of uh, of proof for criminal trials is beyond a reasonable doubt. Okay. When it comes to a civil trial, so the family would have sued the city for wrongful death, which is a civil, uh, what's called a tort case. And in civil yeah. tort litigation, the plaintiff doesn't have to prove harm or wrongdoing or whatever beyond a reasonable doubt they only have to prove on a preponderance of evidence which means if you could think of it this way 50% plus a little bit is all they're supposed to to be it's just there's a there's a tiny bit more evidence that the plaintiff had you know is correct in their claim for injury yeah. and and the liability of the the defendant um, then there is contrary to it, and based on that, that's called preponderance of evidence. The award goes to the plaintiff, or the the, the finding goes to the plaintiff in that case, and that's the okay. standard for civil trials, basically everywhere in the United States. That's why, for example, O.J. Simpson acquitted, but then sued under civil lawsuit was able to be yeah, found. He was not guilty, but he was liable because there's two different standards. For burden of okay. proof, so that's that why the city would sued. say. So the city might say, "Okay, wait a minute. You what? 
You don't think the city was being sued? I, I said that kind of stinks if you're getting sued. Oh, it does. You know, because then if it's someone's like, okay, acting crap. against you because it's like I got to bend over backwards to prove that I got to basically innocent. prove that I'm not at fault here. Whereas, right. uh, and so the city looks at it and they say, okay, if we go to trial because of such a low standard of proof, we might stand yeah. to lose three hundred million. If we can settle for twenty seven million, that's a you know, when you look okay. at it as a risk proposition like that, that's why it makes sense for the city to do that. Yeah. Now that that exactly like you said, um, because there's there's what's called remunerate or um, I'm going to call it remunerative damages. Basically, you you pay back what you caused in terms of loss, and then there's punitive damages. Well, right. we're going to give, we're going to make you give the plaintiff a bunch of money because, uh, just because of the bad behavior, irrespective of how much it actually affected the plaintiff. And so yeah. that's why a lot of people, when they, when they're agitating for tort reform and that kind of stuff, they want to just do away with the whole punitive damages part and say, Hey, if you behaved badly, that should be a matter of a criminal act and you should be penalized by the state and that kind of stuff. But it, do, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily follow that the plaintiff should get a windfall just because of your bad behavior. You, you, it should be more like the plaintiff gets what's due to them by the damages right. caused. And, and so yeah, that's I'm one of those things that people sure put out there. I'm not real sure where I stand on that whole thing. Me neither. On, I go uh, back and forth. Reform. That's, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, I, I see valid arguments yeah. both ways and I think yeah, different I've things seen on different days. arguments in both ways. And, uh, okay. Well, um, the movie Avatar... Uh, retakes its place as the world's highest grossing film of all time. Retakes so I guess, its place. Yeah. So, so like, I guess okay. they were the they were the highest, and then mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame. Oh, okay. made more than them, and then there was a domestic release in China of Avatar, and now Avatar is on top again. So I, is this is including? It, I don't, have you seen that movie? I have. It's stupid. It is huh? so stupid. I, I have seen I it, and, and it's it's so stupid. It was almost worth watching once, but definitely not. Worth I would never watch it again. again. It's it would be, yeah. It's like once it was it was interesting. I mean, the story was a little bit interesting. The graphics were pretty cool, um, but the the overall picture of it, it's like, oh man, that fell so flat. That was so stupid. It would be it would be suffering to watch it another time. So why um, did it, it? It was why did it grow so much? I don't, cause That's I, what I, know, I just don't get it. Yeah. So when they're talking about grossing, they're talking not just theater, but they're talking about like DVD sales and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So new release in China, spiked it up. Now it's number one again. Yeah. I just, it, it boggles my mind. I mean, I think of movies like just the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um how it outsold that when you you don't see people yeah. dressing up as avatars. Lord of the Rings. Maybe that <laughs> happened, but you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or e- even E.T. Of course, I mean, I don't know if they're allowing here for inflation and stuff like that. If it's just a dollar amount. Oh, It right. must be. Because there's, I mean, Star Wars? Come on. Yeah, but if you think no. of Star Wars, that's a, that's a whole, um, that's a whole series yeah, no, but just one. The number of Star like Wars. Like when Return of the Jet when Return Hope. of the Jedi came out, it set records for for theater returns. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Do you, did did Jedi 
do more than A New Hope. Oh, yeah, because A New Hope was, I mean, that was like the first one, and that was just a movie. And yeah, I know, but... People didn't, have, people didn't have expectations for that. It was just a yeah, movie, know, and then it, but, it's, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then, you know, and then Star Wars became a thing. I, I, think, I think The Empire Strikes Back grossed more than A New Hope did. Really? Because A New Hope had set the groundwork, and then it's, oh, they did another one of those. Yeah, now we got to see it. I do not understand the entertainment industry. Um, like the, I remember uh, picking up uh, the Godfather by was it Mario Puzo? Puzio? Puzo, yeah, the something book. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it was at Mom's house, and I picked it up and started reading it. And I noticed on the cover it says it's the number one best-selling book of all time. Wow! And I think it, that's surprising. I don't know many people who have even read it. I. I kind of wonder if that's true. Maybe there is just maybe, maybe best-selling maybe fiction. The, maybe it's the, the best-selling from that publisher or something. You never know what oh, they could mean be. when they say yeah. these things, right? Like, the, there's those little ribbons on the books that yeah. I just I, I don't always I don't get these there. things. I don't understand how I don't even understand how Avatar made more money than Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh uh, well, that's what they're saying. So okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does remind me of, I want to say it was Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Um, mm-hmm. Douglas Adams. Yeah, the guy sold his soul to become an all-time best-selling musical artist. Was that, or is that the next one? I only read the first Dirk Gently. Okay. And I it must have the been second the second one. one. I don't remember that. Yeah. The second one was this guy who had uh, sold his soul to the devil to become a famous music artist. And he became a famous music artist. Everybody knew his name. Everybody bought the album. Nobody listened to it. But oh, he was a best-selling musical artist. Best-selling. It's just that... Nobody really liked him, and nobody actually listened to it. It's That's just funny. he sold a lot of records. <laughs> so I wonder if the guy who made Avatar had sold his soul to the devil. Oh yeah, is it a similar a thing? Movie. I don't know. Everybody buys it. Nobody watches it. Yeah. I <laughs> Everybody went to the theater, paid for a ticket, and then and left. nobody liked it. And then they <laughs> bought the CD, and it sits on a shelf. Yeah. <laughs> You watched it. You watched it at the theater because you were expected to, and then you bought the CD or the DVD because you were expected to. But you're never going to yeah. actually watch it again. <laughs> okay, so the United Kingdom formally declares China to be in breach of the 1984 uh, Sino-British or Sino-British Joint Declaration saying that they're in a state of ongoing non-compliance of the treaty. And this is in reference to uh, they're, they're convicting these people in Hong Kong who are trying to uh, they're trying to free Hong Kong. And oh, okay. I guess some part so of was the this UK treaty? is trying to stick up for Hong Kong, basically. Well, good for them. I, I, hope, I hope they make a lot of noise and, and, and bring others into that. I don't think anything will come of it. But was this a treaty that established Hong Kong independence, though? 
That, that would have uh, been more than just China and Britain, though. That, that would have been a broader international treaty. No, maybe not, because yeah. maybe Hong Kong well, was a British, in, initially a British uh, colony, and so Britain had an interest in established keeping their independence, you know, keeping it independent from China, even when it wasn't a colony of Britain. I, I, don't, I don't know the history of Hong Kong, but it would make sense here, let me... for something like that. Okay, so, you know what? I typed in was Hong Kong. The Joint Declaration, treaty signed between UK and China on Hong Kong under Chinese sovereignty, um, describes the sovereign and administrative arrangement of Hong Kong after 1997. And in fact, Hong Kong was a British colony, just like I thought. Okay. So that's why so, they would have. That's why it would be a a British Chinese treaty. That established Hong Kong's yeah, independence. Okay. And now China, true to form, is violating that. Yeah. Well, I uh, hope I, I hope Britain succeeds in, in sticking up for Hong Kong. Yeah. But we know that's not gonna happen. Not not likely, yeah. Um But you know what? Six I, I don't what? even think there would be a movement to stick up for Hong Kong if Britain were still part of the EU. Yeah. Because you know the rest of the EU, you know, the the, the the EU bureaucrats, I thought, I thought they don't they care basically, about it. I thought they really still were. I mean, have they exited yet, actually? I think so, I mean, so, are yeah. they entirely? Okay. Yeah. And I so, like, for example, wasn't the, keeping track of that. I keep, you know, I every yeah. now and then I see it in the news, and I, I've been skipping that part of the news because I just... Uh, and it's it's got it's some a, it's created it's some a section of culture I don't want to give any energy to because oh, it's yeah I know I, I just don't care enough but like for example Ireland which is separate from the United Kingdom is still part of the EU and so what used yeah. to be because Ireland was and uh, the United Kingdom were both part of the EU tr- uh, travel between Ireland and Northern Ireland was seamless uh, Northern Ireland is part of the UK. But now, Northern Ireland, along with the rest of the UK, is not part of the EU, but Ireland is, and so it it creates you know a little bit of difficulty, I think, along that. So board. they are separated again in that way. The well, uh, Ireland Northern was Ireland always is... Ireland was always separate from the United Kingdom, but a part of the land that's contiguous with Ireland, called Northern Ireland. Was part of the was part of the part of the United Kingdom. Okay. So Northern Ireland was a separate country from Ireland, and there are some people, a minority within Northern Ireland, that have been agitating to break away from the United Kingdom and to become part of Ireland instead. But that's that's a minority. Okay. That's you know the whole IRA and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but basically, Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom, part of Great Britain, and Ireland is not. And okay. So. It used to be that while they were, well, both of those were part of the European Union, you know, because you get your European Union passport or whatever yeah. it is, you can travel among, you know, all the European Union states. But now it's, there's actual, you've got to go through a border now between Ireland and Northern Ireland that maybe was yeah. a little bit less problematic before they, uh, before Brexit. But yeah, Brexit is a real thing now. Okay. Uh, uh, the Grammy Awards, the 63rd Grammy Awards are being held in L.A. I don't. So what? It's in the news. I, it's just reading the news. <laughs> okay. just, 63 of them. I don't think anyone huh? even. Do people still watch? I didn't know they okay, still Okay, remind had, me. Are, are, the, are the Grammys for movies or TV? I don't know. Or music. 
Oh, is it music? Maybe the Grammys are for music. I no I, you idea. know what? I, I am so <laughs> no. deplorably ignorant so about s- entertainment award. The entertainment award. It's like a whole yeah. industry in of itself. You've got the entertainment industry, which is odd enough. And then you've got the entertainment award industry. Uh, which is a so, bunch of people getting up and making speeches against Trump. Yeah. Uh, so, that's, yeah. I'd, for the I know past the four Oscars, years, that's the what Oscars it was. Are for now nobody even watches them. Yeah. So, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, the Grammys are probably music. That's right. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, in some ways, I wish I wasn't so ignorant. It's But it's like mm-hmm. the energy I would have to expend in order to be knowledgeable yeah, about these things it's so not worth it right it's like well i've got i can exp, i can use that uh energy somewhere else so um the congregation of the doctrine of the faith um rules that priests cannot bless same-sex unions or marriages uh saying that any such blessing is not listed i Boy, I bet that was a bitter pill I for think, the Pope to swallow to allow that. Yeah. I would think that it was obvious. I mean, it there seemed, could be yeah, no like other that. answer. But why, why, um, does, why does that even need a declaration? But, but it's right. because priests in Germany are doing just that. And probably other places, too. Yeah. It's, and who uh, knows? You know, probably uh, Slim Jim Martin's running around uh, advocating for stuff like that. The thing is, I don't, I don't know. Okay, so let's say they had, let's say they fell in the other direction for this. Um, I mean, it's what? Do you, what would you even call that? It, it's obviously not right. Yeah, what, but does it? It it doesn't quite fit the definition of heresy. Um, right. I, I, extreme. It's just sinful. Disciplinary. I yeah. It, it. You know what though? It. What it would actually be. Um, we have a model for this, and it's it's in the Bible. We have a biblical model for this. When Paul uh, is writing, uh, who is it? Is it in Galatians that he talks about withstanding Peter to the face? Because Peter, yeah. who is now supposed to be under the new rule of Christianity, uh, was refusing. You know, he was he was taking himself out of a non kosher meal, not. You know, not because he believed he needed to still be kosher, which would have been wrong of him to believe that, but only because he of, you know, his fear regarding the the appearance, his it's reputation just like among Jewish the Jews. snobbery. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It, it it's okay, but, but basically, Paul says, you know, Peter was clearly wrong, but it wasn't like a teaching of heresy, and Paul calls him out on it. It, I think that's what I think that's the kind of thing this would fit in. I don't know because on the one hand you're talking about Peter who's a man who does sinful things and in this case he did it publicly. But this is a little bit different because this is a body of the church responsible for defining rules and in some cases uh spelling out doctrine, right? So yes, but the- when they err what how does that fit into our understanding of the church's infallibility? Well, the church isn't infallibility in the application of, you know, the correct application of doctrine to its rules and disciplines. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, to be sure, it creates a tremendous scandal. There's a lot of people out there who it's like, you know, it's one of those things where we have to trust that the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. 
because there's a lot of people out there who uh, either aren't even going to be capable of making the kind of distinctions or who just aren't going to want to. It's like, oh, okay, well, the church is, is for gays now. And either that, that means they're going to say, all right, well, being gay is okay. Or they're going to say, well, I'm out of this church. Either way, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of those things where we just have to trust that the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing here. If if they had yeah. gone the other way. Fortunately, they didn't. Well, But there's uh, a lot of things about which they, you know, things do seem to be going the wrong way. Yeah. All kinds of things. And, you know, some of them are, uh, some of them are doctrinal, but a lot of it's just, I don't know, like, okay, the Pope's got this book coming out, God and the World to Come. And, um, I don't know, I was reading some of the quotes from it, and I don't even know, I don't even know how to describe them. They're so, like this one, we must save lives, not build weapons to destroy them. I don't. Where does he see this in the Bible? Where what's he, what's he talking about? And what it, does that it's mean? Things like this constantly. When you build um, a weapon to defend your people, you're saving lives. Yeah, doesn't I, that it's, save it's, lives? It, yeah, I mean it's it's such a a, a childish, uh, not and and not in a good way, not in the not in the you know not childlike. Such as these belong childish. the kingdom, right? But a truly childish kind of way of viewing things. But then, and, and okay, th- that's just flat out silly. But then other, we've got other quotes from Pope Francis saying things like uh, there should be special laws protecting homosexuals. Um, yeah, and then was, he talks yeah, about homosexuals needing families and things like that. And it's like, okay, are you suggesting that there be a law that I can't throw my son out of the house for being gay? Is that what you're getting at? Right, because it's like that would be a. Why would there be any law telling me when and when not I can throw my son? I can't throw him out till he's eighteen. When he's eighteen, regardless, uh, then I can do it rules, no matter your house. Your doesn't rules. matter what. Right. I mean, you can't just make a law that says he has. I have to let him live can, with me forever. You can throw him out just because you think he needs to learn to survive on his own. Right. Don't even need Which a reason. A lot of people do. It's yeah, but it, it just. Statements like that, it it kind of shows you how far left-leaning he is, but it doesn't quite violate that uh, understanding we have that yeah the of the infallibility of the yeah so that's I it's just I I can't wait till this pontificate is over. Yeah, well, let's hope the next one isn't worse. But you know, I think yeah. I think this is I think you know because over the years. You know, I think you're right that that Satan, he he I mean, his knowledge of the universe and everything else is is like immense. But his knowledge, his his um, empathic knowledge of humanity that Mm -hmm. would allow him to to understand what temptations are like i mean he he can try things and see how people respond he knows what kinds of things are wrong he could try to direct people's minds and so on and so forth um but over the course of human history and 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 certainly over the course of the history of the church he's had to go through periods of trial and error and i think it may be that he's you know he, he may have many times attempted to get the church to fall into direct error 
Yeah. In a way that the Holy Spirit protects. But I, I wonder if this is Satan learning a more subtle and finessed way of turning people away from the church by this, this confusing gray area. Yeah. Well, it's frustrating to people like you and me because, um, because it makes other people confused. But the, the real understanding of the church and the church's teachings and our understanding of things like homosexuality, it's out there to be found. It's not like it's hidden. You can go look it up and you can see what the church teaches exactly on this subject. And it is what it is and it can't change. So, um, that's why we remain Catholic despite all this, all these right. weird statements from the Pope. Yeah. Um, have you heard about this, uh, these massage parlor shootings in Georgia? Um, only because when I got home this evening, um, my son said, Hey, have you heard about those shootings in Georgia at massage parlors? <laughs> Your phone said that or Almost. did someone text you that? No, my son said that to me. Oh, okay. And that, and, and in fact, he said, yeah, that's, uh, you know, he said basically someone was shooting people at massage parlors. That's all I know. Yeah. That okay. was what well, he told me. I haven't, I haven't even looked it up. It's like a, a mass shooting. Um, but they're saying, they're saying a series of mass shootings. It's three different spas, uh, near Atlanta, Georgia. Um, okay. Now, are these, are we to put the word massage in quotes here, or are these legitimate massage parlors? Well, it's just saying spas, and then later okay. you read into it and find out they were massage parlors. And yeah, okay. I think you would put that in quotes. Um, okay. So the story I'm reading mentions that six of the eight people who were shot were of Asian descent, uh, which is a men or women. It's kind or of both. a pointless thing to say. <laughs> I mean, so what were the other two? I, yeah, I, eight of them were if Asian. Asian it, yeah, if they well, were all eight Asian, then you would say, well, this. But are they maybe men or women? Say this guy. So, well, this guy is apparently um, they've got someone in custody, and even after. He's already said it was not motivated by race. Um, yeah. So I don't know why they talk about the fact that six of them were Asian. But they did, and that's why I'm saying it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, he was... Uh, they were movi- motivated, he said, by his sexual addiction. I guess he's got a sexual addiction, and he, I guess... Okay, like, so definitely like massage shooting up a, a, a porn shop or something, you know? Yeah, So okay. Uh, apparently he he must frequent a lot of spas. I've never been to a spa, so I've never been to uh, a, a spa. I'd... So I guess he goes there and he's addicted to it. So he decided to shoot people. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they've got a guy. Uh, he's yeah. in jail. I guess that's one way so to deal with an addiction. But the yeah. <laughs> the uh, the spa workers can rest at ease now. They're not going to get shot. So he was shooting the um, workers, because I was I would thought well maybe he you know, you know had I a daughter assume. that was kidnapped or something and and he was shooting the men who ran the place or something like that. That's why I asked was no. it men or women who were shot? Yeah, it says six people. They're not si- saying that six of the people were women of Asian descent. Okay, okay. The other two might have been men of yeah, Asian maybe descent or something. Might have been 
men of something else might have been women of non-Asian descent. They're not saying. But it wasn't like the movie Taken okay. where he's going to get his daughter. It was right, him. right. Nothing like that. Uh, he's he's a creepo sickoy, and he's uh, taking it out on the people who tempt him, I guess. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, so President Biden says that President of Russia, Putin, will pay a price for leading efforts to influence the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Seriously? He's still on that? Hasn't he gotten the memo that, that when they you investigated, they there, found out that Biden? they found that everybody except Trump was guilty? No, he's talking about the 2020, he's, not the 2016. All the attempts to influence the 2020 election. The one just now that he won. So what? Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I don't know. I... We've got four more. I could see where Putin would want Trump to be in office because Trump is a remedy for China. Yeah. And Putin is worried about China. It's it's not that Putin agrees with anything that Trump stands for. It's that he's worried about China. So I could see that he would want Trump to be in office because we know Biden's going to give China whatever they want. But I can also say the man really has no power in America. And no, I influ, influence how? I, gosh, this this will be thing. interesting they, to see. Like if, I, if I take an ad out that promotes one candidate over the other, am I trying to influence the election? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, and that's, that's okay. I'm supposed you're supposed to do. Even if you were a foreign, I if would think foreign, that foreigners yeah, are if, allowed to do that. I'm not if, sure, if but Putin, if if Putin takes an ad out in the New York Times. Saying, you know, all the reasons Trump should be president. I'm not sure that that's an improper attempt to influence right. an American election. Yeah. Oh, well. So, uh, Joe Biden's jumping up bad on Putin and <laughs> it's just silly. Um, the, so there's more evidence that Iran has started enriching uranium and, uh, that's still going on. So, um, and that's going to continue going on. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I see all kinds of bad things happening with Iran. But I have to wonder if all of this is just an excuse to get back into wars again. Because Trump kept ending wars and not starting and getting wars. getting us out of wars and brokering peace. And now we're back to business as usual. So, yeah. Uh, Need to keep the machine running. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all I got. You know, it just occurred to me, it, when Biden smiles, he's got that weird big smile. I've said before on this podcast that Biden gives me a serious ick reaction when I see yeah. him. That that I didn't even get from Clinton. Um, yeah. So have, have you ever heard of the Momo Challenge hoax? Or the Momo Challenge? No. M-O-M-O. Are you on your computer? Just Google yeah. Momo. Google Momo Challenge and look Momo at the picture Challenge. that comes up. M-O-M-O, yeah. Is a hoax. That's weird looking. That's the that's what that's what Biden reminds me of when he smiles. Uh that was uh what is that? I don't know. I that is a that's really freaky looking. Oh I know, I know. I don't like looking at it and I don't like looking at Biden so what's because the it challenge? reminds me of that. Oh, it's like a suicide thing. Oh. But it's like a hoax. It it, okay. it really wasn't a thing. But it's like an urban legend kind of a thing. I see. Okay. 
That is very freaky looking. I could have gone my whole life without ever seeing that. I Okay, I'm sorry I inflicted that on you, but now you're going to think of that every time I, you see Biden, too. Yeah, I know. I won't put any links to that on the website, but if Don't somebody put wants to know what the Momo there, Challenge is, you can type it's Momo a little challenge bit disturbing looking. Yep, it's, okay. It is disturbing. Not not for All kids. Right. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, nonsense news. This is kind of... <laughs> I, I struggled whether to put this. Um, I guess there's a show called Celebs Go Dating. What's it called? And celebs Go Dating? It must be a British thing. It sounds so stupid. Okay. Celebs Go Dating. Anyway, so the star Nadia... Um, shares the 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 strange way in which she discovered that her boyfriend of the time had been cheating on her. Uh, they had synced their Fitbits, and it showed that between two a.m. and three a.m., his Fitbit uh, indicated that he had burned over five hundred calories. Huh? And that's how he at that's two a.m. That's how she discovered that he. She had, uh, yeah, that's how she discovered he had been cheating on her. I could think up all kinds of explanations for that. 2 a.m. run, uh, 2 a.m. workout, 2 a.m. I don't know. uh, 500 calories worth? Or a nightmare. I don't think so. Maybe a nightmare. Your blood gets pumping pretty good in a dream. Yeah, I, okay. That, that could be maybe a nightmare. Well, there, there doesn't seem to be anything in the story about him rejecting it but some people have offered because she put it on uh one of those social sites and some people have offered so, a few uh possible when someone cheats on you you uh, put it on a social network well some the somebody had posted I guess let's that's see what people do nowadays possibly uh, uh there was a tiktok user who asked people to share the moment when they knew their relationship was over and so oh, she decided to go ahead and she, share this bit. She shared that. So, and other people offered some alternative explanations. Dancing, fighting, Parker. What's Parker? P-A-R-K-O-R. K-O-U-R. I don't know what that is. I, uh, I don't know. Running from the police. Okay, yeah, 2 a.m. running from the police. I get it. You knocked over a um, gas station or something. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I mean, like, if you hear, okay, you're, it's 2 a.m., you hear something in the middle of the night, so you get up to got investigate. Up, uh, yeah, you saw something weird down on the street, so you ran down there to save a woman from being uh, beaten up by an evil man. And I have a feeling that if it had been any of those alternative explanations, uh, he they, they would have he settled would have it out. And she, it. Would th- she would think of it as a funny story. Um, yeah. So it, this is probably legit. Uh, you know, so... So, if you know, you're going to cheat on your girlfriend or wife or whatever, take your watch... You that, take your Fitbit off, yeah. <laughs> or, better, uh, don't cheat on your girlfriend, wife, a, or whatever. Fitbit? What is it, a you know watch what a, or a... Is it it's, a it's a... It's, no, it's a... It's an activity tracking device that also does things... It, it'll track your activity... Um, tell you how many calories you burned walking, running, various things like that. Um, it'll also like, you can set it up that like the more advanced ones, you can set it up to remind you every so often you need to get up and do something physical, stuff like that. It's, it's kind of one of those fitness craze things that people get. People are way too into fitness. Yeah, I know it's, and, and then you can like, 
you know, like a couple can get them and then they can synchronize them. And I guess that, you know, then they can compete yeah. to see who gets the most steps and stuff like that. I think there was an episode of, um, of a big bang, um, where Raj after Raj and Bernard, did you, did you watch that whole series or did you stop watching it after a few? I stopped watching it. I, they just, they made fun of Christians too much. Okay. Yeah. They, they, especially with like, like Sheldon's you know, and I, stuff. as funny as that was. And then, they first of all it was just flat out it's not like they didn't even hide it it wasn't even subtle just flat out making fun of christians the same with the simpsons i i don't know why but like i've watched them before and i've i've watched the most of the series there's like 20 something uh uh seasons seasons yeah long running nobody's watched them all but i've watched a lot of them there's and then recently I started watching them again and, and it's like, wow, I just this noticed really it's blatant. like yeah yeah it's like why why am I watching something that's going to make fun of me nonstop so I switched well, you know, to King of the Hill which is not if it does poke fun at Christians it's kind of a little it's more self self deprivating fun it's oh, okay. not making fun of Christians right well so that's I prefer King of the Hill I think I'm I, I believe that I've become a lot more uh, sensitized to that over the, even just the past two, three years than I was certainly like, say, 10 years ago. But anyway, there's an episode of Big Bang where, where Raj and, and Bernadette, who had gotten married, um, and uh, they had Fitbits. No, Raj and no, 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 not Raj, Howard. Howard, Howard and Bernadette yeah. got married. Howard had and and Bernadette had their matching Fitbits, and so yeah, he had he rigged a machine at work at the university to basically it was to it was just it was it was just like it was like one of Dad's machines. Think think of Dad's. You remember yeah. Dad's automatic hacksaw or yeah. the powered hacksaw? Think of something like that, except it was just a wrist that he slipped the Fitbit over, and it went in a motion that you could think of your wrist pumping when you run. And, yeah. and like, for whatever reason, he had like turned it up. It got turned up real high or something like that. And so at the end of the show, the show Bernadette asking, why does your Fitbit say you ran 10,000 miles? <laughs> anyway. I wonder how long Dad spent making that machine that basically just moved the saw blade back and forth. And then it but you did. You know what? It the, held the it at number, an angle, and it did turn it off once it saw blue. When it was, yeah, and it was kind of interesting because you would see it like starting to to f- grab the switch a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then finally it grabbed it. And when it grabbed it that final time, it was so perfectly tuned. That's when it was sawed all the way through. That's when it was done. It was yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was. It was a neat little machine, and but gosh, he used I that mean, a lot. Yeah, he, he you know he just, have something to yeah, saw. It's like did. okay, I'll just set it up here and have it go, and then he'd be doing other stuff while it's sawing his his angle iron or whatever he he needed to saw. Yeah, because he was always. I mean, Dad's not an engineer, so it's like everything is kind of eyeballed together. Yeah, and it's never it never looks pretty when Dad makes it, but usually it's functional. And yeah. Uh, he would get it to work just by welding pieces of angle iron together to make it do whatever it is he wants it to do. It was, it's funny the kinds but of things he came I, up with. I mean, this machine, there, some aspects of it were a, a little bit clunky visually, but it was actually quite yeah. elegant as a machine. 
<laughs> yeah. It was nice. All right. All right. So, uh, this is also from Britain. Uh, a woman um, decided, I guess a mom, decided, I'm going to find out what's really real about McDonald's food. And so, um, in April of 2004, she bought a cheeseburger and fries. Okay. And so, this past month, uh, 17 years later, she opened it. And... Uh, with a little bit of drying out, there was no mold, by the way, on them. She just kept them in the bag. No mold on them, and, and except for a little bit of drying out, they basically looked like a McDonald's cheeseburger and fries. Did, was it, did she freeze it? No. No. She Which is to, what was... No. <laughs> so she just took a hamburger and fries and what? Set them in the... And set it somewhere. Or? No. Set it somewhere. Assumed that mold would grow on it and stuff. She was just kind of curious. Opened them up, no mold. The 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 fries were like you know dried out and hard. The bun was hardened, but it basically looked oh. like a cheeseburger and fries. No way. Yeah. People eat that stuff. Holy cow! I guess there there's there's a corporate web there's a uh, McDonald's website in the U.S. contains a statement about why their food doesn't always compo- decompose. I, I guess McDonald's had to actually answer this at one point. It reads. In the right environment, our burgers, like most other foods, could decompose. Could, huh? <laughs> most time, you'd say will decompose. <laughs> yeah. Always decomposes, but not their burgers and fries. Not, yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> you know. All right. I don't. I. I'm glad that I don't eat McDonald's, but I will admit that during Lent. I go through a lot of those fish sandwiches. I love their fish sandwiches. I don't know why. I I, I like the tartar. They they have good tartar sauce in their fish sandwiches. Yeah. They just they go down real easy, and I don't know. That's the only thing I eat from there. Mm-hmm. Well, and the apple pies. Oh. <laughs> I hardly ever eat there, but you know what? When when I do eat there, I, I'll tell you what. I I'll I'll admit this. I like their fries, but here's the problem with really? their fries. They're only good when they're hot and they get cold yeah. real fast. So it's like you get a large I fry and you've been able to eat maybe about a third of them before they're too cold yeah. to be good anymore. See, I think that about all fries. There's some restaurants where I like the fries and I like them right up till I'm finished with the plate. Huh. Actually, I, you know what? I don't what? care for Frisch's, any fries, really. I like Frisch's fly, fries. They, Except they still have for the, rallies. Wally's. Oh, the rallies! Yeah, those are pretty good too. They they have their seasoned yeah fries. Oh well. All right. Uh, next. Um, so, Thailand Hospital uh, introduces cannabis into their restaurant food menu. I guess there's a uh, a um, Thai marijuana. I guess there's yeah, a Thai like, custom of cooking with with marijuana. I wonder, like, the, uh, is it the taste of the marijuana, or do they? Is it the THC? No, no, no. I think it's the taste. I think it's the small amounts of okay. the plant. Yeah, they, it's it's a culinary thing. It, it's one of those tastes that they like. And actually, I gotta admit, I kind of like it too. There's a beer that I like to get. Uh, really? Called? It's called um, shoot hemp hemp something or other hemp yeah. emperor or something we, like that. Yeah, I think that yeah. was the beer of the week once when we were doing that. Could have been right. And uh, uh, or I maybe gotta admit, you just I like talked it. about it. I don't, I, I don't understand. I 
don't like that taste at all. And I oh, like okay. I know I know like two different people who swear by marijuana tea, for, which wouldn't for have taste the or THC for effect. in it. Yeah, I'm sure the beer uh, doesn't have the it, THC in it. Besides, they don't, wouldn't you have to absorb that them, through your lungs anyway? No, but it, it has to be like running hot water through it is not going to get the THC out of the leaf into the tea. Oh, okay. You would have to actually so consume you, it. It, it, you, it has to heat up really hot oh. in order to be released at so all. People bake, generally that's why people it bake, almost, That's why you yeah, smoke you it. Can, yeah. But if people bake brownies so, with it, that's a that's a you thing, have right? To, you bake brownies. You have to like fry the leaves and get. You have to make like uh, THC butter. Oh, okay. Because it's an oil. Yeah. So you got to get the sap out of the leaves, but running water, boiling them in water, is not going to do it. If it's I got to be really, right. really high temperature. Okay. Yeah. You know, almost like a steam, like a, a pressure pressured water to get the temperature way up. Right, you can. If you I think you can get it. these little things where you you steam the leaves, and you could do it that way. It's like it vaporizes something. I don't know Rather exactly than, how uh, it works. Just boiling, okay. Just boiling water is not going to do it. So, anyway, this is a taste thing. Um, huh. It had been. It, it's kind of a long use, both medicine and cooking. Uh, but its sale was criminalized in 1934. Last month, the country removed the plant from its narcotics list. And it has been reintroduced, an old custom, in uh, the foods of a certain hospital. Thailand hospitals. I Thailand if... hospital. Thai hospitals. Huh. Oh, well. They, they but based on what you've said, that doesn't sound like... It's it's just like a small amounts thing, more of a taste thing. So yeah. I don't I don't think it's... It's not like it's not like they're all suddenly turning druggies or anything like that. It's just kind of interesting. Right. Oh, well. All right. And my last is, it's not really nonsense, it's just kind of neat. Um, on a flight uh, from, let's see, where did this flight go? From Bangor, or Bangalore to uh, Jaipur. I'm, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. J-A-I-P-U-R. Um, a baby was born mid-flight. Uh, the India, India. Oh, Bangalore India. is India. Okay. Yeah. India crew members helped with the delivery. The picture shows the crew standing outside uh, with what I assume is the mom in a wheelchair holding the baby. Kind of a neat thing. Yeah, it is a neat thing. You know, that kind of thing has never happened to me. But (laughs) it happens, it seems like in almost every sitcom, there's an episode where somebody has to deliver a baby. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's, it's on a plane, on a train... Uh, in in a somewhere someone's not a having sitcom, a baby. Yeah, some somewhere unexpected. Yeah, so this is the real deal. Mid flight, she had her baby. <laughs> Must have been the pressure change that brought on the labor. I don't know. Could be having babies is neat, but yeah, it looks painful. Did, <laughs> the, did moms, uh, the moms have my are, hero? Are, were all yours born in in the hospital? Yes. Yeah, we didn't have any home yeah. deliveries or anything like that, or, or emergency deliveries. Right. Well, all of ours were in the hospital, but one and all of them were uh, the the shot that they give you in the back, epidural. Oh, okay. Except except one of them, we get there and I. This is one that they didn't have. They didn't induce. It was it came on naturally, and there's like apparently a whole bunch of people were having babies that night. So. 
our doctors oh, wow. downstairs and we're like, you're going to come up here and anesthesiologist, you're going to come up here and give her her epi. And, um, uh, it just, they kept putting us off and her pains are getting harder and harder. And they're like, they're getting to where they're like 20 seconds apart. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. it just dawned on me at one point, you're not getting one. You're going through oh, this okay. natural. Yeah. And, um, I mean, she's still behaving as if she thinks she's getting one. And I'm understanding at this point that she's not getting one, but I don't know what to tell her because I would never want to hear that myself. And I'm getting scared to death because I can't even imagine going through that kind of pain. I, Mm -hmm. I would have said, knock me out. I don't know. (laughs) Take a, a blunt instrument and smack me on the head. And then wake me up when it's over. Yeah, I guess that doesn't work real well because you, you gotta can't because you gotta push. Know. Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be there doing it well. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the only one that we I think got the epi on was was the one that that in order to make it convenient and and we shouldn't have even agreed to this but to make it convenient for the midwife, um, oh. we agreed to induce. And I think that's that was okay. Charlie. I think that's the only one that that she got the epi on. Well, she got on all of ours except for Sam. The the uh, that that was more pain than I've ever seen anyone in. So I I so didn't really Sam's want to see that again. A, Sam's a big guy. Was he big as a baby too? <laughs> he was not that big as a baby. Oh, okay. He, I mean, he he was large for us, but he wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't a, he wasn't as huge babies or anything. Go. Okay, okay. But I don't know. I, all right. Anyway, I thank God for those. Yeah. So it that's be, that's uh, my last. Yeah. So um, I guess that's all we got. What time? It's pretty late anyway. I got to go to bed. Yep. Um, yep. We need to get sleep. Wow, it's almost one o'clock. Two hours. Yeah, I didn't realize. Oh, you've got a little bit yeah. to cut out, but okay. Okay. Well, folks, think about what we said, and we'll see you next week. And as always, circle the beads. Keep praying, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye, everyone.